Welcome to the What Do I Know podcast with your boy Zuzu. This is episode 21, episode 21, episode 21. Or should I say 21, 21, 21, 21. What's going on, guys? I'm back and better than ever. I figured I should give you guys at least one more episode uh, before the year ended. Because uh, in 2020, the What Do I Know podcast has has a lot of new things coming. But I'm like, I got to give them one more. You know, I, I've been I've been behind the scenes working on all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I got to give them one more before um, the year ends. And there's been one thing that's like been hot on my mind, pressed on my brain that I have to get out. And that's this fabulous Summertime Shootout 3 album, mixtape project, whatever you want to call it, that just came out. I have Fabulous on my list. I have him like third here, but it's been on my mind, so I'm going to start with it. Um, Fab, first of all, I'm highly, highly, highly disappointed in this project. And the reason why I'm so connected with it is because Fab, to me, is one of my favorite artists. He's like the perfect artist to me, right? He is an artist that I kind of mold my style around, right? I think someone who can give you punchlines, give you street records, um, also give you singles, and kind of like be a best of, a jack of all trades, I should say, I think it's the perfect rapper. You know, like he, he's lyrical and he can, do, he can do anything, right? He's fashionable, he's um, sex symbol, ladies love him. I think that's a perfect rapper and like... I didn't see myself, when I first started rapping, I didn't know that I was doing that, but then like as the years went by, I'm like, damn, I'm kind of like on the fabulous level of rapping, at least, you know, with my own selfish opinion, right? So when this album came out, it's just, there's a lot of auto-tune, auto-tune, there's a lot of singing, and it just felt like he was like reaching for a single, and... He recently just went on the Joe Budden podcast like last weekend, right? And he starts he starts explaining why he went the route he went. So it made me feel a little bit better because I was like really disappointed. I was like down on myself, right? I was really disappointed in the project. And he kind of explained that most of his projects sound similar. And what I mean by that is like his soul tapes sound the same. His uh, There's No Competitions sound the same. So he went up there kind of explaining that his summertime shootouts sound the same. So then I had to think about it, and I'm like, yeah, he is kind of right. You know, like, they do sound similar. But this one went, like, uber-reaching for a single, I felt like. You know, like, I felt like this just, um, he was trying to reach that top ten hit with this one. Um and if you think back at the other the summertime shootouts, it was like part one was great, dope, new niche, different. Number uh, volume two was more of like tolerable, I should say. It was like, all right, got some good songs, and then you're like, yeah, all right, I'll skip these, I'll take these. This third one was just not it. And then he went on to explain like that he tried to make it into a playlist. He approached it trying to, like, put it together as a playlist. And I'm sick of that excuse. You know, Drake tried to use that with more live. I don't even understand that. Like, so basically what that tells me is he was working hard on this project. There was things going on at home. 
and his domestics, uh, domestic issues that were going on at home where he couldn't really focus and make this a full project. Um, Rory on the Joe Biden podcast ends up asking him, you know, this sounds like music that was given to you and you just threw your verses on. And he kind of admitted, well, like, yeah, some of them, some of them are like that. So it's it just like his best, his best effort wasn't put on this, is what it seems like. So then I start to think about it, and I'm like, all right, if you can admit that. He didn't literally say that. He was kind of admitting that like it was just like put together and rather than like worked on, if that makes sense. So when he says playlist, I can see him just having a bunch of records that he's worked on over the years, and it's like, all right, these are the best ones. Put it out. But as a Fab fan, I was just disappointed. We've been waiting on Loso's Way too. For a long time. So the same way he explained Soul Tape sound the same, uh, Summertime Shootouts sound the same, There's No Competitions sound the same, they all have their niche. I think as a fan, what I was looking for was like a little bit of each, each tape on one project. A Loso's Way too. Like, I know that that's not too much to ask for from Fab. I think he's at the point of his career where he has to, like, show growth. He hasn't, he's not embracing the legend role. He's not imp- imp- um, accepting the legend status that he is. He's a legend. To me, he's top 20 of all time. To me, right? And throughout the years, or more recently, like with the Friday Night um, uh, Freestyles mixtape, and then even with the Je- um, Freddie versus Jason joint, I'm like, okay, Fab is solidifying that top 20, right? He's even, like, moving up in that, right? Because he's showing us he can fucking rap. He, do- he doesn't do all this, you know, single stuff all the time. He started to show just more emphasis on, like, look, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I'm still killing niggas, Right? With the success of So Brooklyn and Uptown Vibes, those are rapping verses. So I just don't know why there's so much auto-tune on this record. It just felt like he was, like, reaching. He he was reaching for the top 10 hit. And I can also see, right, like, a label getting involved saying, look, um, you haven't had a popping single, solo single in a little while. We need something to at least get, get some traction. So he drops Choosy. Right, so I can understand the route. I just feel like there's probably should be, should have been like more balance, you know, like just th- throw in some more of those what uh, B O M B S bombs back on my bullshit. Like throw more, throw some more of those in there. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like he 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 could have balanced this more. So where does this leave Fab for the next one? Because I feel like this one's gonna come and go. It's gonna be one of those albums that just. Like I said, come and go. People are not going to be talking about it for a long time. As soon as January hits, it's going to be forgotten about. So where does this leave Fab? When he was on the Joe Budden podcast, he explained, started talking about how his next album will probably be more introspective and talk about, you know, the relationships and and stuff he's done through the years. It's going to, in my opinion, it's going to be hard for a major label to, like, really want to invest in that um, because... Because of how lackluster this, you know, volume three thing was. I think what would help Fab is to just start working on the next move. Um, you, he's only been the rapper. Like, he's tried to start a, a, a label with the family 
and have some artists under him. But I think it's time to really either try to push an artist. He might not want to do that. Um, but I think that might help him um, accomplish his goal of staying young or impressing the younger crowd. Because let's be honest, this summertime shootout, it's, it almost seems like he knew the 30-plus crowd is going to love him because we grew up with him. We're going to listen to it. And let me cater to the 25 and younger crowd so that I can get more, more, um, you know, more spins. And, and what's, before I get into what's next, I can also see a label like giving them analytics saying like, look, the ones that feature Little Dirk and Roddy Rich are the ones that have more spins for you. You should be dropping more of those records. I can see a label selling that to him and him being like, shit, you're right. But the barbershop talk, the podcast talk matters now. You still need to impress those people. Those are the people that are going to keep your um, your name alive in these streets, I, I think. you know, Yeah, the numbers help for the label to invest, but also the talk the 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 engagement on on social media is what's going to help your legendary status. So going back to what he should do next, he should probably push another artist, right? Where like it'll help him stay young. Or oh, I think he needs to get into this fashion world. He's one of those artists that has always been fly throughout his career. He's known for the way he dresses. Some people started to make fun of him a little bit recently saying that, you know, he's he's 40 40 something and he's trying to stay young. But the dudes fly. Like, I'm just surprised he hasn't done anything at this point that has either his own label, I mean, his own, like, uh, brand, clothing brand, or just be affiliated with a different um, fashion, and you know, like a fashion brand or, or just, just getting in that industry. I just, You know, with Rock Nation being uh, partnered up with Puma, I think it would be a dope idea for him to have come out with a line with Puma. Um, he was known for wearing fitteds a lot. It would be dope for him to do a collab with Lids, maybe. You know, Meek Mill got that connect. Do a collab with Lids and come out with your own signature fabulous, you know, fitteds um, or snapbacks. I just think it's time for him to, like, make those moves outside of hip-hop. That way, when you circle back into your album, you have a little bit more to talk about. You've kept your name in the streets. And you don't have to feel like you have to chase that single. I think T.I. Was, was, is a great example of like just transitioning into the, into the legend role when, when he dropped Dime Trap. Because he gave us a lot of introspective stuff. He gave us some bangers in between. And everybody's happy with it. He keeps moving. We can hopefully, you know, get another T.I. album in the years to come. So, um, like to sum it up. I was really disappointed, but I'm also like, I also understand where he comes from when he's trying to get the single to be label wise. Um, I'm not gonna play this album too much. I like the I like the A Boogie joint, but I'm just not gonna play it anymore. I'm more gonna just hope that this never happened, and just go forward with waiting for Losos Way Two. Losos Way Two, goddammit, it! But what do I know? A lot more music has dropped um, besides the fab. Chicks Tape 5 dropped for my man Tory Lanez. Um, Chicks Tape 5, man. 
Like he did a fucking really good job with this with with, with this album. He he really did, and, and and he and he impressed me a lot. You know, with me with Tory Lanez has been like uh, when when he was when he was remixing Controller back in the day. I was like sick of this dude. His voice sometimes can get a little bit overbearing, and I thought he was a little corny. But when he started battling uh, Joyner Lucas and like holding his own. I was like, oh shit, this dude got a pen and a half. So I was like really impressed with what he was doing, right? So I, I was I, I thought this was dope. So he got me excited for this chick's tape, which I never heard one through four. Never heard it. I know he remixes a bunch of old records. So when I heard Chick's Tape Five, I was really impressed. He did a good job. Um what I liked is because obviously he has to pay for these samples, right? So he went on the radio on the, uh, you know, his promo run, and he was explaining how, you know, he's not making a lot of money off these splits, right? Because he has to pay for a lot of it. But I like the move of focusing on your brand and growing your brand, like basically taking a loss money-wise, but but growing it in another way. Like I, I compare it a lot to the Jim Jones album that just dropped with the Heatmakers, um, Capo, where he sampled a lot of records. So you kind of know in a way like, bruh, you're probably not making a lot of music, a lot of money off this music because it's, it's heavily sampled. So... But it grew Jim Jones' brand. Everybody was like, whoa, Jim Jones spitting like that? And it sets up his next album. It sets up Jim Jones' next album. So I feel like uh, Tory Lanez did the same thing. It sets up his actual album, which I think should come out sooner than later. Not like next month, but like by next summer, he should have a new single out, in my opinion. Keep this ball rolling. Um, but on Chick's Tapes 5, it has a lot of dope tracks. My my favorite is Beauty in the Bends with... Um, with Snoop Dogg, where they sample Beautiful. He did a fucking great job with that. I've been trying to put everybody on, onto it. Um, I like the one with Jagged Edge called The Trade. Uh, I like the one with Chris Brown called, what is that one called? The Take. Um, and the one with Fab, um, If You Gotta, which they, there's a lot of dope records. There's a lot of favorites that you might get on there. The only thing I wish he would have done um, is remix a Drake record. He's already done that, but I feel like if he would have remixed something off of So Far Gone or Comeback Season and then get Drake on that record, I think it would have been like drove it home. I think he would have had a bigger single to start with. But I can also see him saving that for the album because that's the one you want to make money off of, right? Imagine like doing a track with Drake and it goes top 10 and then you didn't make any money off it. Yeah, I could see him not. I could see him saving that for the album. But the album should come next year summertime he has that summertime music overall i give this one like an eight and a half he did a really good job if you haven't checked it out please go check that out man um really good album there's some more 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 music dropping like it's crazy because like a lot has a lot has dropped in this fourth quarter a lot dave east max b um two retiring rappers dropped retiring rappers drops, right? I say that with air quotes because rappers never really retire. But that's Game and Fat Joe. The Game um, album 
is a really good album. That guy's rapping his ass off. He's like he he always makes good music. His last three projects have been great. Um, I just feel like they're gonna be forgotten about in a month or so. No one's gonna be talking about them. Um, he might be experiencing consumer fatigue. Like you've been doing the same thing. It, although it's great, you've been doing the same thing the last three projects, right? Talking about Dre, talking about Fifty, talking about G Unit days, talking about gang banging. Like his his story really hasn't grown. So I think that's where people have that consumer fatigue with him. But it's great music. 24 tracks is really, really long, but um, being that it's his last album, I I understand, you know, <laughs> like you got to give, put, put the music out, make the money off it. He was on an interview with um, Everyday Struggle uh, on Complex Con, and he kind of said like he's good. He, he makes his, you know, he makes his 10 million a year. I'm paraphrasing. He makes his 10 million a year and, he, and, and he's happy, you know, he doesn't really have to. Uh, reach certain accolades. He's just happy with his life. He wants to be there for his kids, and then that's it. So, like, a, a rapper that's happy like that, like, you can't really fault him for just being like, you, I'm out, right? And, like, just dropping the, the music for the, his core fans, and and they're happy with it. I, I'm curious to see if he, like, tours off of this album or if he's just like, I'm done. Um, and then Fat Joe dropped an album with Dre from Cool and Dre called Family Ties, which is an also... Uh, fire album, real solid. Uh, you know, Joe has a great ear for beats. It does sound like Dre um, did most of the work on this. Obviously, he's the producer, so he kind of puts it together, and then Joe was there to like add his verses, right? Um, but the album is dope. It has a really lot, uh, like like a lot of dope uh, singles on there. Um, gives you a, a good variety, you know, street records, singles, and stuff like that. Um, but he also says this is his last album. And the interesting thing about Joe is that he's one hit away all the time. Like, that guy has a great ear. So interesting thing with him is that he can retire but doesn't really have to. He can, you know, every two years drop the single, drop a single with Remy Ma, Harry Fraud on the beat, and it can go. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he wants to just continue touring and... Um, add on to his catalog, he can do that. But he can just kind of like take his time with it, go at his own pace. So I really, I can see both of these guys retiring, but not fully retiring, if that makes sense. No rapper really fully, fully retires. Like I even Joe Budden, I think he, I think he's gearing up for, for some music. You cannot be that big and not capitalize on it. I, I think Joe's, I think Joe's secretly, Fat, um, Joe Budden, I should say, uh, is secretly recording something or working on something. He has to be. Um, just some quick standouts from the game album. No Smoke. Check out that one. Check out The Light. And uh, Welcome Home with, with uh, Nipsey Hussle. Those are the three songs that stand out for me. And on the Fat Joe, if you haven't checked it out, Projects, which is the intro, Fire. Uh, Big Splash with Remy Ma. That's that's one that's like a all the way up that I think can be a really dope single. Where the hell's Remy Ma? What's going on? Like I, she just had a baby, so I know she's being a mom. She's on Everyday, uh, not Everyday Struggle. What's the show called? State of the Culture, uh, which also kind of disappeared. But I need that Remy Ma album. I want that Remy Ma album. It, like not as soon as possible, but by next year. Like I want that post jail 
album that's only her. Like I, I just feel like she she needs to do that for her legacy. Just drop it. Doesn't have to be the biggest album in the world. Just drop it so that your core fans have it, and 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 feature a bunch of other female rappers on there and make it a classic. Fuck it, drop it. I'm waiting on that too. Um, but yeah, so other music that dropped is Dave East, Max B. Dave East dropped a little while ago. I just I had to mention him on this episode because. I've been talking a lot of shit about Dave East um, in, in, my, in my past episodes, just not knowing where the hell he's going with his music or, or what's going on over there. And his debut album finally comes out. It was, it was all right. Uh, you know, he has a couple songs that, that I like on there, but it's really kind of like lackluster. Um, I don't know where he would go next. The acting thing is working, so I'm just trying to like imagine a label investing in Dave East again. Like, I just, I don't know if I see that happening. I know, that sounds weird, right? Like, he's, he's a good rapper. I just don't know if, um, if they're going to put those, um, those pieces behind him, put the money behind him um, to, like, be the artist that, you know, we all thought he was going to be, like, a huge artist, right? Um, and Max B comes out with an EP called House Money Out of Jail, not called house money it's called house money what the fuck am i saying it's not called house money out of jail it's called house money um it's it's fucking dope man i mean the quality on each record is different but the project is really good it's just so good to hear max b you you know when you have those winter days where like it's kind of warm out and you can roll the windows down a little bit because you've been blasting the heat too much you thought it was going to be 30 but it's really 50 and you can roll down the window. That's the feel that I was getting with this Max B. Right into that, listening to So Cold. It's just, with A Boogie, it's just fire, man. It's just good to hear him back. I see a lot of praise on the, on the album or the EP on social media. So I feel like I like that because it'll give him confidence that he can like continue this when he gets out. Like It's just, he has his own sound. So it's like, he can just ride his wave, no pun intended, ride his lane. And just be comfortable there, right? Like, he doesn't have to have a top 10 record. He'll have his core fan base. And I just want him to go on tour <laughs> so I can see him one more time. But, yeah, the, the, is that all the music that came out that I wanted to talk about? Griselda. Griselda. I don't have that written here, but Griselda also dropped. And that album is dope. I, I love how they're just keeping their sound and, they, and keeping it right where they... Um, comfortable at but also giving themselves room to grow i'm gonna show you we got bars then the next album we can throw scissor on the hook we can throw um i was gonna say jeremiah but not jeremiah somebody more soulful we could throw uh solange on a hook you know and still get our bars off you know so i i just felt like I like the way they're moving. They left themselves room to grow. That's actually been the album that's been in heavy rotation for me. It hasn't come off. With all the new music that, that has come out after that, it hasn't, it hasn't left the, the rotation. Um, go check out The Old Groove, Scotty's, uh, Freddy's Hotspot, I think is the song. Um, Dr. Birds. There's so many fucking songs on that album. Uh, Griselda. Um, just just go check it out, man. They have a bunch of music and, and they're just still spitting fire. I have I have an idea. 
I've been noticing that people seem to like my ideas. Uh, sometimes I just have like this marketing mind when it comes to music as I was a rapper, so that, that would naturally happen. But I have an idea for TDE, right? It's been rumored that they all went into the studio together and recorded kind of like a Dreamville type of thing where they went to the studio, locked themselves in for X amount of hours and recorded some music, right? Then we hear Reason and Absol drop a new record called Flick It Up, which is dope. They both kill it. I even had to look up the lyrics um, from Absol. I usually have to look up his lyrics because I know... He means one thing, but you look it up and you pair it up with some other line that was in there, and he means a whole other thing. Um, Absol was that gifted. But after hearing that record, I thought of this idea. I'm like, why don't they, and this is like January, why don't they drop like a seven, eight track EP type of collective album from TDE to like recalibrate the momentum? And what I mean by that is, like, J-Rock is ready, right? His album dropped, two, well, it's going to be two years ago. Um, it's going to be 2018, right? I'm sure he's ready and locked and loaded. Absol, I'm sure, is ready because we haven't heard from him in a little while. We hear Kendrick and SZA are ready to drop as well. So, And Schoolboy just dropped. So what if they did, like, an EP... That just kind of like recalibrates the momentum, give us two records from Kendrick that he's featured on. Doesn't have to be a solo record. Give us one solo from J Rock, one solo from Absol with Scissor on the hook. You know, help him out, help him get a little, you know, uh, chart action. Um, you can even promote the new guys, Zachary. Um, I used to, I, used to, I always say Zachary. I don't know why, but uh, Zachary. Um, Sir, um, who just dropped, you can put, um, pair them together and just kind of like keep this momentum going. A, uh, another record with Reason, because all it sounds like all these guys are ready to drop. So to kind of buy some time for Scissor and Kendrick, just drop this EP. It, you know, satisfy the TDE fans. Just satisfy us. Keep us quiet um, for a couple months. If you want to drop Absol's record in April, go ahead. If you want to drop another J-Rock album in June, go ahead. It'll buy you time for SZA and Kendrick to, you know, fine-tune their stuff because their stuff is bigger. You usually have to plan a tour around it and, to and uh, all this media around it. It takes a lot to do theirs. So you can drop these other ones um, before that. But all in all, give us an EP in January to just re- introduce everyone, get this momentum back onto your side and while we wait for everybody else's album. I like, like, we trust TDE and I know this is like me being greedy. Like, we can wait. Don't get me wrong. We can wait. But me being the fan that I am, just give us a little something. A, a, a little, you know, a little package. A little seven pack, right? That's what everybody likes doing, seven tracks. Give us a little package. Pause. Um, just to kind of get us excited for the next year. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. What do I know? Um, being that this is the end of the year, 
Um, everybody, you know, on their podcast, do what was the album of the year? What was this of the year? I was gonna do something like that, but I was just I ch- kind of changed my mind. I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. What I figured, I'll just go off of the Grammy nominations that just that just came out, um, and I'll give you who I think should win. I'm not gonna give you well. Let me not say who I would vote for. Um, I'm not gonna give you who I think will win because you know I know a lot of politics is really into it but let's give you the top four quarter categories that we really care about right um first one rap album let's just do that first nominations were dreamville tyler the creator corday meek and 21 savage albums um off the top of my head i i'd give it to dreamville it'd either be dreamville or meek right but I think I'm having I'm having that like uh, what do they call that when you just hear something and fuck it leaving my leaving my brain. But I, I give it to Dreamville because that feat that they did is a difficult one. The fact that they got all those artists in a studio and made that fire is very hard to do. Now they had a lot to pick from. So maybe it made it easier. But I just think like you have all these brains, you have all these ideas, you have all these producers, and for them to come out with something that the masses was happy with, I think was very difficult. And they pulled it off, and they had hits, and they had singles, and they were the buzz all year. I think that should win. Now, Meek's album, I think, was the most cohesive. I think his uh, comeback was huge. I think he made the most impact. So I think there is where he should win that one. A lot of people have been were difficult. Uh, difficult. A lot of people were upset that uh, Eve, the album from Rhapsody, should be on there. Maybe Freddie Gibbs should be on there. Um, but you know, you can't have every album on there. I give it to Dreamville over Meek, but I, I Dreamville or Meek, but I I lean a little bit to the Dreamville. Um, best rap song uh, categories. I mean, nominations are Bad Idea. With Chance, Chance's brothers on there. I, I never heard that song. Gold Roses, Rick Ross. Um, a lot, Twenty One Savage, Racks in the Middle by Nipsey Hussle, and Suge by The Baby. I don't think there's there's much uh, debate here. That should go to Suge. That song was the song of the year. It was the song of the summer. It was the one that made the most noise, in my opinion. Um, I'm sure it was in the top ten for a little while, but. It's, it's the song of the year. I don't think I need to go into too much further about that. Uh, best rap performance. So how they performed on the record. And then uh, nominations are Middle Child, Suge, Down Bad from Dreamville, Racks in the Middle again, and Clout, 20, um, Offset, and Cardi B. And I think that one should go to Down Bad because the they just all killed that record. They all got on that record, and really delivered it home. I, I just feel like when you say about performance, the way they performed on that record is top-notch. And if you don't give it to them, you give it to Middle Child. So either way, Dreamville is the winner here. And it'll be dope because I don't think J. Cole has a Grammy, so I think it'll be really fire if they can win one or he can win one. Um, and then last but not least, rap sung performance. Um, the nominations are Higher, Nipsey Hussle, and DJ Khaled, Drip Too Hard with Lil Baby and Gunna, um, Panini, Lil Nas X, 
Ballin' with Roddy Rich song. I, I think that was on uh, DJ Mustard's album. I never even heard that song. And then the London with um, Travis Scott, Young Thug, and J. Cole. I'd give that to Drip Too Hard. Let's be real. Like That, that song was the, the song. If, 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 you, if you say rap song... I give it to I give it to Drip too hard. Out of out of those records, I think that was the best one. After that, I give it to the London, but Drip too hard. I think it's gonna take that one easily, and I think it'll be dope for Lil Baby and Gunna just to get a Grammy real early in their career. You know, just set their status up there, and then they can continue their careers from there. But um, those are the uh, nominations I wanted to talk about. The categories I wanted to talk about. We'll see if the Grammys get it right next year. You know, they usually don't, but they've been getting better year to year, at least with the nominations part of it. But we'll see. And before I leave the episode, every single episode, I like to give advice to a fellow upcoming artist. And this time around, my artist's advice is choreography. Now, if you're an upcoming rapper and you have a hype man on stage with you, don't be afraid to have a little bit of choreography with your hype man. And it goes a long way. And I'm not talking about throughout the whole song you're doing like NSYNC, bye, bye, bye dances, right? What I'm saying is that just a little bit of a two-step during the hook, maybe something um, in the verse is repetitive that you guys do at the same time. It doesn't have to be over the top. You guys can be talking about the most street record ever, but if you do something together at some point, it gets brownie points in the crowd. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. All right. You know what I'm saying? A little two-step and a spin during the hook um, does not hurt. Trust me. Sometimes people get sick of you guys going back and forth, crossing each other, trying not to bump into each other, just rapping, looking at the ground. Incorporate some choreography into your show. It will go a long way. Look at the success of the baby's bop video right now. People people don't know the baby for dancing for choreography, um, but it's really resonating with the people. Offset did a performance, I think it was the BET Awards, with Cardi B where they did clout, and he's doing his dancing thing, and I think it gave him more brownie points. He's like, oh shit, I should do this more often. Choreography is not cheesy. You should incorporate it in your show. It doesn't matter what kind of rapper you are. If you have somebody else on stage with you, incorporate it. But what do I know? I'm just a fan of this music. Before I go... I want to say R.I.P. to Juice World. Uh, when I came to record this, I heard that he had just passed away. Um, prayers go out to um, friends and family. It's a real sad thing. I think it was like an overdose or something like that. Um, but R.I.P., um, you know, he died at, two, at 21 years old, way too young. And, um, you know, it's just a hard time overall. So just rest in peace to Juice World. I'll catch y'all on the next one. It'll be in 2020, episode 22. Uh, I got more exciting things coming for you guys, man. I'm really excited about it. I'll check y'all on the next one, all right? Ow!